3: Son of Slovenia it's in heaven Welcome to 77 Minutes, the Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network, the only podcast that does not want an injury update from Luka Doncic. From Luka Doncic. I just well, no, I think him. that's the
1: only one we would want.
3: Yeah. Yeah. This about, him, on about him. About him. <laughs> yeah, the, the thinking is like I just have this sinking feeling that we're going to get an injury update in 5 minutes. And <laughs> yes, we're just we're just going to have to, to re- and dive back into this whole thing. Anyway, I'm Tim Cato. Uh, we've got the entire gang here. We are a recording live, recording alive from somewhere, from somewhere in a, in a bunker uh, deep a location down. Location
2: where you need an uh, invitation.
3: Absolutely, secret location. So it's uh, it's Dave Dufour, it's Mike Palucci, it's Austin Guria, uh, and it's me, Tim Cato. Luca got injured. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Utah Mavericks series to come, uh, starting Saturday. First, just the injury sucks. There's there's no other way to put it. Uh, it is a absolute bummer.
1: Yeah, it sucks. And, and I, I want to just jump right out because uh, I'll say this. Luca playing in the third quarter of a game that they kind of needed to win or wanted to win should not be controversial at all, especially with the week off coming up. Right, Gawson? Yeah.
0: They had a whole week off. He was only going to play those three quarters, and they were playing for something. It wasn't a meaningless game. And so I don't think anyone should be derided for playing Luca and Luca wants to play basketball. It was also fan appreciation, letting people play money to come watch him play. And so, it's it wasn't a mistake to play him, and that the injury was such a fluke, it could have happened during any game, at any quarter, at any point, and I don't really think it was a mistake to play him through three quarters.
3: It's It's an injury that could have happened in the first quarter of this game, it's an injury that could have happened in Friday's game. I think if you want to make an argument that I could get on board with, I, I don't think I feel this way, but if you want to, the argument is that Luca has been playing too many minutes overall since the All-Star break throughout this season. His minutes are actually almost dead even before and after the All-Star break. So it's not just raw minutes, but he is a player who isn't injury prone, but does get injured. He is a player who is in shape now, but did not necessarily come into the season as such. And he's also never been a player who's in the 99th percentile of conditioning, even though he is in the 99th percentile of touches, of usage rate, of overall movements on the court. It, it's hard to track like how much he's actually moving, how much he's actually exerting himself because he's not like a track star. He does, he's not a track athlete. He's much more like a balance beam gymnast. And I don't know how that translates into overall wear and conditioning. I don't know. Only the Mavericks can for sure answer that. But if you look back through the past weeks, you could make an argument that there are some games where Luca played too long. Um, maybe he stayed in games when they're out of hand. I remember one game early March uh, against Houston where it was like a 14-point lead against a bad team. They are going to win, but the starters come back in. Uh, I think Kid even went to the, the far reserves too early in that game. This is micromanagement. I don't have a huge issue with Luka being on the court. I don't have a huge issue with his, the best player averaging 36 minutes a game. Yeah. That is how much your best player should average. That said, if there was a few chances at various points, that Luka could have got a little bit more rest. Okay, that's the way you make that argument. But to me, it's, it's not something we need to dwell on.
1: But it's a muscle tear, too. Right. This could have happened in minute one of the season. As a matter of fact, with the condition that he came in this year, mm-hmm. he's probably mm-hmm. lucky that he didn't have an injury like this early on when he was deconditioned. And so, I mean, look, man, I, I think that sports has gone a little bit too far where we have to... Just, I mean, we have to dissect every single injury and try to figure out, okay, this is exactly the minute where he crossed the threshold, and it just isn't like that, man. You can get hurt. I, I mean, my guy, Trey, tore his meniscus turning around.
2: Like, you just sometimes get hurt, especially muscle tears. I mean, look, I think any discussion about this is really more about, it's really not as much about Luca as much as it is fan culture, right? Because we, whether it's fan, whether it's media, whether it's anybody who invests in these products, We are constantly trying to scrutinize what is happening on the floor in front of us. What is happening on the field, what is happening on the ice, what is happening on the diamond, whatever. Most of those things are well beyond beyond our strategic comprehension on the outside. Whether you know the game or whether you don't, you're not in the room. You're not in the game planning. You don't know. This is one of those things, though, that plausibly we tell ourselves, well, I might not know every single set the Mavericks run, but I know when you could sub someone in or not sub one in. I know what time is on the clock or not on the clock, and so this conversation really is more about our, you know, people like us who talk about this for a living or people like you who listen who care about this team, we're all watching a lot of minutes of this, right? We've been going to paying attention to this team since October. It's been six months. and a fraction of these things can we really have an informed opinion about? This is one where we probably theoretically could have more of an informed opinion because we could read a clock and we could read this guy and we've seen how many minutes he's played. So it becomes very easy to get invested and to get heated about this one thing because God knows we can't draw out the same sets Jason Kidd or Sean Clifford can. So I get why people argue about it, but it's done. All right, it's done We'll find out what the update is, but to me, dwelling on it doesn't really get us anywhere. It's a lot more interesting, not a fun interesting, but interesting nonetheless to figure out what they do if he's not going.
0: And I think also this injury is less related to the amount of minutes that he played and more related to the fact that he had a really bad knee and ankle injury in his left leg earlier in the season. That would yeah. probably predispose you to having a calf sprain at some point. Down the line, and I think that's way more involved in this than him playing too many minutes in some random game in February.
3: And that's and that's exactly why we just don't have more medical information to be able to say, "Oh, they messed up." And I don't like I, I know I have no suspicion they did, but without knowing more, you know, we're recording Monday night. I'm going to talk to Jeff Stotts, uh, the injury guru, uh, later later tonight. Uh, you can read about that on the Athletic on Tuesday. Uh, you know, that's we're not going to play doctors beyond that. We are going to try to predict, though, like, what does this look like? Uh, I don't think there's any scenario where Luca plays any scenario, Sean. He's, but I, I really do not believe he's going to play game one. Um, I think that, I'm just guessing here, the schedule will release Tuesday night after the first round of play-in games, the full schedule of the of the series. My guess is that the, the next two games are going to be next Tuesday and next Friday. That gives them a lot of time. It means that Luca. Could miss a couple games. Worst case scenario, I- I'm guessing in my head uh, he might miss three. Again, we don't know. But if we're going for most likely scenarios that the Mavericks would have to deal with and overcome, and still set them up, set themselves up that they can win a series, I think it's reasonable to think that Luka could miss two or three games. How do they win without him? Like, what's what is what does that look like? Because I think they can. The question is how and, and how many times, because, you know, getting a game one win would be both demoralizing to Utah, who is going through <sighs> it, and just, man, that, that would set the series in a certain way, but it would also give you the calm and the, the serenity to say, Luka's not playing game two, we'll live with the results, worst case scenario, it's a best of five series, and he's hopefully back game
1: three. And you have the best player in the series. But they have to yeah, win one. Potentially. But you got to win one. How do uh, they do that? The, the, I mean, I think the trick is you go small early. Yep. And you hope that Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson can have the, a good game at the same time. Uh, although, I will, I will admit, Dwight Powell has been really, really good. And that is a guy who could potentially put some pressure on Rudy. If you can get Rudy in foul trouble, get him out of the game. You know Utah's defense is a tire fire when he's not out there. That's kind of your trick. Can you you get Rudy in foul trouble? Can you get Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie hot? And Spencer Dinwiddie is going to work the switch to get Rudy, and he's going to attack him. So that is actually an opportunity there to potentially put some pressure on him. Although Rudy is... Really good at keeping his hand out of the cookie jar, so he's pretty good at that. He's their uh, best perimeter defender. I think. That, I mean, isn't that nuts? And and for a guy who is derided as like the reason that Utah loses, he literally is their best defensive player. He's probably their best point of attack defender. Yeah, no, no, I, mean, I
2: legitimately believe you know, that. I mean, I think they believe it too. It's Not an exaggeration. Two games ago, no. they played Dallas. And they threw right. In Luka in the fourth quarter, and he can hang with him. Yeah, I think. Look, Dallas's guard play, even without Luka, there's not anybody. Nobody on Utah's roster is guarding Dinwiddie or Brunson. They're not. They're going to rely on Rudy to clean them up. And the way this is going to have to work, this sounds reductive because the NBA is a shot-making game, but they got to hit threes. Because there will be opportunities to get into the paint and play slash and kick. But that's only going to work if Balak and Dorian are hitting shots. If that happens, right, even if Rudy doesn't get in foul trouble, even if you are not getting shots at the rim, if you're playing slash and kick and guys are in for the corners, that could work too. How
3: likely is it that they get every role player going at once and both guards. That's the big question because when you have Luca, you you just need a grab bag of three of the five next scorers past him you need to be on their game, need to be contributing, you know, 10 to 25 um, that gets that that just the math, the formula gets tougher without Luca out there obviously. And it has to be the Maxi
0: Kleber Renaissance. He he needs to go out there and he needs to hit shots because honestly Dwight Powell has been great all season. But Rudy Gobert is a bad matchup for him. He's been a bad matchup for him all season. They play, they close with Maxi. I think in every single game that they play against Utah, and Maxi just has to hit shots. His offense has to. If Luca's not going to play, his offense has to come around. His defense won't just be enough for him to stay on the floor. And they need to play five out, and so that Brunson and Dinwiddie can get to the rim, and so that Rudy has to guard somebody on the perimeter. If Rudy has to guard people on the perimeter, they can beat them. If they, have to play, if they get to play five out and Rudy can't just hang around the paint and he's getting punished for the guys that he's leaving, that's their key to success.
1: Maxi could be their Terrence man, right? Yeah. He's got to make <laughs> shots. But if you're running Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Reggie Bullock, and Dorian Finney-Smith with Maxi Kleba, that's the guy that, they, that they're going to have Rudy on. But he's got to stick the shots like Terrence man did for them to win because Utah is going to score. They are gonna score. Best yeah. offense in the league. It's the best offense in the league. They're gonna score. You got to score with them.
2: Yeah, and to give some context to just how bad it's been for Maxi uh, is Istok Franco over a D for us did something on Maxi on Friday. Since February first, going and this is through Friday, so you know it's not been updated for last game of the season. Since February first, he Maxi been shooting 24 percent for three. In March, that number was 18 percent. Is that good? It's not what you want, <laughs> Austin. Uh, so it's, and I think you're raising the exact right point, right? You know, Tim's asking, how likely is it for everyone to be on their game? Well, not everybody's going to be on their game, but if you're listing the number of guys who you need a great performance from, it's got, Maxie has to deliver. Because if you don't have Luca out there, and then you don't have Maxi out there to space the floor, and you don't trust Dwight against Rudy, because no, no fault of Dwight, this is the best big man defender of the last five years, their options get very limited very quickly.
3: So I was gonna bring us to Maxie. We got there quicker than I expected. I asked Jason before uh before Sunday's game whether he was expected to be healthy and ready to go. He said he was, and, and then I kind of followed it up like what, you know, compare and contrast what different bench lineups look like with different centers, you know, whether it's Bertons, whether it's Maxi, whether it's uh, you know, even completely small with Rory and Finney Smith there. And I thought his answer was really interesting. Uh you know, he was like we don't even need to go into hypotheticals. Maxie's going to be good to go. The way he was talking, the way he described it, again, coaches say a lot of different things. Jason Kidd is a particularly unreliable narrator, uh, but that's not a unique thing amongst amongst head coaches. I wouldn't expect anything else from him. You know, it could be a confidence thing. But the way he was talking, they're going to go into the series with Maxie as the backup five. They're not abandoning that. They're not going away from that. And the question is, like you said, Austin, if if Maxi can actually make Gobert come out and guard him, that does mm. dramatically affect the series because of how good Maxi is defensively, and we've seen their defense slip a little bit in the past. They months. won't guard him, that's but that's the thing. That's, that's what I'm building to. He They're not going to gonna him. guard him. him. Yeah. Right. I, I just there's no way. Now you put Davis Burton's out there. Yeah, that's what's in yeah. issue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and but the question is if 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 the Mavericks are committed to Maxi. Even, even not in a way that you know they're going to play him thirty minutes, but they're like, we have to give this guy twenty minutes to build his confidence for the sake of our team going forwards. He has to be an option. He hasn't played any regular season games in a couple weeks. How long can you stick with that, especially with this Luca dynamic? Like you, it, you can't. You can't One is a game. They they have to sell out for a win in these first two yeah. games, especially if it Luca isn't there. If if Maxi goes on the court. They leave him open for two shots and he misses both of them. I take him out and I put Berton's in.
2: Well, all right,
3: all right, go small then. Like, they, they don't have room to mess around and grow into the series because of the changing dynamics right. around the Luka injury.
2: I'll, and, you know, I want to go back to Berton's in a second because I think there's a discussion we had there. But just you talk about selling out for, for a win of these first two games. I'll go further. You should sell out in game one because if you throw everything at them in game one, number one, we're not totally sure Luka can't make game two. But number two, look, if this were a normal series, you know, I think we all had our predictions what we are going to make, and assuming we had a normal podcast. I'll just go ahead and say this. If they were at full strength, if Luka and Doncic were healthy, I think Dallas beats its team at six games tops, maybe five, because I think Utah is begging to collapse. They want to so badly. And if you go out there game one without Luka and Doncic and you beat them, they're going to be in their hands. Rudy
1: Gobert is going to Beard this summer, man. Like <laughs> hey, that guy, he's, he's ready for, you know, southern France, uh, Bay of Biscay. I mean, look. You're right. If Luka is healthy, I'm probably picking him in six. Luka is the best player in the series. Yeah. Hands down. I mean, there's not a – I mean, Donovan Mitchell is nowhere close. Rudy Gobert is the closest guy, and his offense, he just can't affect it the same way that Luka can. And so, without Luka, man, the next guy is not that great. I mean, Utah has more talent now that Luka isn't out there. Considerably. But they can play defense. Right and, and Utah really cannot. And they're going to have a lot of Rudy non-Rudy Gobert minutes. And the, Dallas has to win all of those minutes. Every single one of them. They have to win every minute that Rudy's off the court. And they have to at least tread water when he's on the court. And that's going to be the hard thing. Because Rudy is good. And if Maxi's the guy out there and he's missing shots, they're not getting the rebound. That's, Rudy is the best rebounder in the league. Hands down. So, offensive rebounding. Dorian Finney-Smith, is he did okay in the last game against Utah, but Rudy wasn't out there. Right. I mean, I, I just I – don't, I, don't, I don't think that's reliable as a, a source of extra offense for this team. For Memphis it is because they have Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark. This team doesn't have those guys. Yeah. And I think also Whiteside
0: is also a great rebounder. He might give them even more problems on the offensive boards. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think – we've been doing this for a long time and just throwing all sorts of challenges at him, but if Dorian can guard Rudy Gobert and can rebound for one game, if you can be like, we just need you to just sell out for one game and you can play Dorian at the five for 20, 25 minutes, that's a key to them winning because that, that lineup with him at the fives, that is how that unlocks everyone else in the office, especially if you don't have Luca, you don't have Luka in the pick and roll game, you don't have Luka switching, you don't have Luca's step back threes. Dorian at the 5 just opens up everything for everyone else. They have to guard everyone. You don't have to worry about playing Maxi. You don't have to worry about playing anyone else. You can just play Dorian at the 5. And if he can rebound and he can keep Gobert off the glass, that, I think, is how you steal game one. I would play a lot of Dorian at the 5.
1: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before?
2: High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply.
3: I guess what I want to come back to is just the unusual nature of this. Playoff series have a rhythm and a tempo to them. You have ideas, you try out things in the first couple games, and then you commit to what's working more and more and more and more. We've seen that so many, especially evenly matched series, that's kind of how they play out. And for the Mavericks to be in a position where... They know they have to get a home win, probably without Luca. That's weird. It's 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 not it's it's you know it's upsetting. It's turning over the table of how these series usually go. And I'm genuinely so fascinated to see how the coaching staff approaches it. If they have a game seven mentality, where you know if you're not performing, two minutes you're out. Bertons comes in, he's not hitting threes, he's out. Small ball, that's not working. You go to back to Powell like like it might be a situation where you have to cycle through a bunch of different
1: attempted solutions what if guys there is a solution on the team uh, i know it oh yeah, man buddy uh oh Uh-oh. yeah buddy Why i not? mean what if you started bobon oh,
2: yeah. yeah. cool go for
1: it bobon versus rudy i'm in let's, let's do go it the minutes. Godzilla the versus floor, King Kong. Stretch the floor on offense. Still, just have him set up in the corner and just see what trouble. happens. You know, try to get him in foul trouble. You're gonna push him on the glass. Bob is
3: loving this. I, I, yeah.
1: I mean, look, you said game seven mentality, right? Like, think game seven baseball, right? Like, I mean, every starter available. Well, I mean, Boban is a he can play basketball, and he's most importantly. Very large. So, so put some pressure on Rudy. Try to get him you know, like out of his. Here's the flip sorts side. Here's
3: the flip side. Bit. Yeah. What won them games during their best stretch oh, in sure. December and January? Yeah, yeah. It was the defense. And also, Can, Rudy
1: is going to kill him going down the court. Rudy yeah, scores sure. so much in transition. Right, right. You right, would be yeah. giving up a lot. I mean, I love the idea. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's, it's not really. It's, 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 bo- bo- it's a pro Bobby show. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, like, yes, there are certainly drawbacks. But I don't. I won't. I think we'll probably see Boban in a minute or two when they start to struggle. Because and that, and that's why not? Kind of what I'm saying, right? Throw him out there. Try. Just see. I, I think yeah.
0: I think you'll get a couple minutes, but I don't think Kid is very pro. Even though this podcast is pro Boban,
3: I don't think Kid is pro Boban. We're I don't. I, I don't so. know if Jason's even pro this podcast. So <laughs> I I've mean, never asked him. So.
2: Well, and so let's go back to Bertans for a second. You tell me if I'm crazy here. Uh, why not? And this is contingent on Bertans hitting shots. Because if he's not, then there's no point. But if Burtons is hitting shots, the offensive impact is obvious, right? He's going to spread the floor. He's going to make Rudy go out and guard him. But it's as close as you can get to
3: neutralizing Gobert. I also
2: think on the other end, right, the obvious impact of this is Rudy will leave him alive. But what if you almost want to rope it open and say, you know what? Screw it. Put him in the paint let Utah, with the league's best offense, go away from what they do best, and just, does Rudy get overconfident? They're not going to feed Rudy, though. So. See, th- okay. this All is right. the so other thing, right?
1: It. Like, guys, you yeah. know, I do the Game Notes podcast with Tony Jones. Um, like, Rudy, they're just not going to feed him on a mismatch. They need it's to bring back rarely. J.J. Barea and have him guard Rudy. It's very rare that, that Rudy can get a mouse in the house and get the ball. It's yeah. just true. And, and the, the thing is, when you watch him play international ball, Man, they've got a whole offense that they run for him, and he touches the ball quite a bit and does okay. Um, Seems happier there, too. Yeah, well, part of it is they throw a lot of passes up top where you can catch them. He's kind of got stiff hips, so when you throw it down around his knees and ankles, like he gets – well, he gets also – gets a lot of bad passes thrown to him yeah. uh, in Utah. But they don't feed him when he has a mismatch. And the truth is, man, you can dig down and double with these guys that Dallas is going to throw out there if they go small. And, okay, so Bertons is going to get destroyed. But when Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock are, are digging down on Rudy, you're going to create turnovers. You're going to have at least a couple balls that he just loses out of bounds. Get him frustrated again. Like, I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, I was watching the game against the Clippers. And and he had Hartenstein in the post, and he just turns around and catches him with an elbow, right? Like good defensive positioning does work against guys like Rudy Gobert. Hartenstein's yeah. also very underrated, a, yeah. great defender. Ben but, Fant- had a great season, too. Yeah. But, but I just think that I think Dallas can at least tread water in those Rudy minutes if they stretch the floor on offense. And if they just, every time he touches the ball, send two to the ball and just make him actually work when he gets the ball inside. Because... You know he shot seventy percent from the field this year. Hmm. I mean that's insane. He just yeah. gets dunks, so you just have to put pressure on him every time he touches it. And I think if you play
0: Bertons, one thing is Rudy can't guard Bertans. I don't even think Rudy. Nope. I don't think Rudy would be guarding him. I think he'd, he'd be had, switching. He would have to guard someone else because Bertons is not just a shooter; he's a movement shooter. You can run Bertons through screens. You can run him through a bunch of pin yeah, downs. Right. You don't want Rudy Gobert running around chasing an off-ball shooter who can pull up from anywhere on the court. So I don't think they would even guard Bertans with Rudy, which is advantageous in the Mavericks. So I think, I think Bertons is honestly, he can earn all 16 million in like two games <laughs> in this series. That's he, if he has one game where he just hits five or six threes and he just causes chaos for the, for the jazz defense, because I don't really know how they would defend him if he's hitting shots because Rudy can't guard
3: Reggie Bullock. He can't guard Dorian. He if can't. He
0: has guard, that, so.
2: If he has that game, they win that game.
3: Yeah. So on the flip side, you got to make sure you get Davis back to Rudy and transition defense because Absolutely. you need your biggest player on him. And, and I think that's my question. We've talked about the defense. We've talked about how it slipped a little bit. Um, we, we've talked about Maxi a little bit, uh, and, and that, to me, is just the most enormous wild card here. I, just, I, I have no clue what to expect. Um, I, I'm very sadly a little pessimistic about it, all things considered. But uh, can they get back to – can they win a game with defense is, is, is I guess, what I'm trying to ask. I'm, I don't like know. Get, man. This is the best offensive league yeah. up
1: up until late in games, uh, right? I'll, but they're I'll, good. They're really good. I'll say this: the the trick is you have to hang with Utah in the first half. Yeah, because they they just shoot the <laughs> absolute shit out of the ball. Do y'all I remember they, the Christmas
3: game? Yeah, yeah. That that was a a a Mavericks team missing a bunch of players that stuck with Utah late into the fourth quarter because they did not give them the shots that Utah wanted to take. Yep. And, and, and it's, it was that stretch that blew me away. Some of, there was a little bit of, of favorable opponent third-point shooting going on. Uh, there was, a, you know, there, there was some, some factors that were not fully sustainable. That was some of the most legitimately impressive defense that I just didn't know that this group of players was capable of it. And I, and I can't quite diagnose like, where that level of synergy of movement, as like five people moving as one making the right rotations and reads um, are you about to say that uh, there's a couple new players on the team I, that uh, maybe aren't up to I mean
1: it's new players yeah but I I mean at some point you got to say the coaching is different yeah it you is know, different. Right. Well, no, like like, our, our, I'm referring to Back then. the way it slipped a little bit. Oh, since then. Well, I think that's just the league, like yeah. just the the Offense of, is off up everywhere, yeah, right? Yeah, offense is way up. I mean, you want to know something interesting? March
3: was historic. Uh, I was talking to Jalen Brunson. I think this is going to be in a story later this week. Um, he said that the moment the defense really took hold for the team, he felt was during that stretch when everybody was leaving for COVID and there was brand new players coming in and the remaining Mavericks – Essentially, became teachers to the new players.
2: Mm.
3: I thought I thought that was a really fascinating way to think about it because you know, like, how do you how do you master something? How do you become an expert in it? If you can teach it, it's, then you know it. It's C one and they do had, one teach one and they had they had these ten day hardship players coming in, and some of those players were on the court when Dallas had that impressive game performance on Christmas Day against Utah, and for them to be able to do that, you know. I don't know what, how that parallels to this coming series, but I do think it's pretty interesting that that's when they really started clicking in uh, with, the, you know, with, the, with the packing of the paint and then just the really decisive uh, movements and, and closeouts that were done in synchronicity. And uh, it, it does feel like that's, that's the moment where you really started to see it come together.
1: Yeah, they were able to like, get into a little bit of uh, like a chaotic mode. Yeah, that they didn't have before, and we we saw it. I think post trade scramble defense. Seen this a couple times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were scrambling well. They're uh, scramb- they good at scramble defense. And, and it's going to throw off the other team too. Exactly, and yeah. then getting your hands on a lot of balls. I mean, we like we saw Chicago's early season success was because everybody on that team was getting deflections and stuff like that. So I, I think that what we saw of them when their defense was at its best. Not necessarily best performance-wise, but best when you're watching it's so, like, oh, okay, well, that team hit some tough shots, but wow, that's really good defense. I think it is that stretch. Yeah. I think can one, they tap into it
2: though? That's well, and I think one thing that has also happened since then on the positive side of the ledger is just the fact that uh, Jason can trust Josh Green a lot more now. And that's pretty important. If you were if they have to, you know, as Austin alluded to, if they've gotta go with Dorian at the five, and they've got to change up a lot of their game plan, and you can't put Dorian on Spider Mitchell. Uh, you need to find compensation somewhere else. And if I think you have you have three above average to well above average perimeter defenders in Balak, Green, and Finney Smith. That's not something they had to start the year. So can they do this for one game? Well, if he trusts three defenders like that, irrespective of whatever Maxi does, maybe. That most teams don't have three defenders like that who won't kill you in offense. Another argument for Dorian Finney Smith at the five
1: is that you'd be able to switch all those pick-and-rolls yeah. and put yeah. Dorian on the ball, and that's a whole other ball game. Because you know one of the things that Donovan Mitchell has going for him is his length. So does Dorian Finney-Smith, mm-hmm. and he's strong. Donovan Mitchell is really good when he gets into the paint. He uses that off-arm to get get a little bit of space and get that little floater up. He tries to split the trap a lot. You get some strong guys in there. Take two to the ball, which I think Dallas has done a really good job on. When they go to switch on, on those pick-and-rolls, they'll get two to the ball and then recover. I now I think it's Dorian Finney-Smith at the five is the way that I would start this game, and I don't hate the idea of Green playing with him. I,
0: and I think Green is honestly an even better defender for Donovan Mitchell than Dorian. I think he's a little more, he's a little quicker laterally going back and forth. He's a little stronger, um, and I think he's going to have to play a lot of minutes in this series because they're going to need someone to defend. Donovan Finney-Smith Mitchell. is more of a Conley defender or yeah, or I mean, a big defender. or a big defender, but <coughs> yeah. I think Josh Green laterally even more than Bullock. He moves better and he can keep up
3: with Donovan Mitchell. And I think that's going to be actually Bullock's probably the the commonly defender. Bullock yeah. is, is yeah. the yeah. best. Yeah. The best at chasing around screens. Yeah, chasing around Green's screens. Best directly on ball. Vinny Smith is just the and, uh, and that was the accumulation vision, right? of all. Good like I've, yeah. I've
2: been I've been a green guy ever since they drafted him. Looked a little shaky for a while, <laughs> uh, but that was the idea that I had, and more importantly, people who get paid to do this for a living had is he's a really good athlete and he could be a point of attack style defender and. That's exactly it, right? That's a dude who, you, who is an athlete who could pair up with other athletes. Still raw on a lot of things, still learning, but athletically, there aren't that many players who will overmatch him.
3: I, I have to be a little bit of a pessimist here. Um, I'm going to bring up the one potential flaw with this defense plan. They have to rely on Spencer Dinwiddie. He's, he's going to be out there playing 36, 40 minutes. Can he do 36 to 40 minutes of the defensive job? Because I, I, I do think that there are a lot of factors why the defense has slipped. I, I don't think he's been great. I don't think that he, you know... I, I, think, I think when they had that amazing stretch of defense, they were not playing a single player who could not at least do an average job of what they were asking. And I, I think if there's one weak point at this point, it's, uh, it's Spencer, who has been excellent and, and who gives, you know... I'm more confident in the Mavericks being able to get a game... With Spencer than I would be with Chris Epps yeah. like undeniably it was the right move it was all these things I still just want to highlight that his defense is one concern here and, it, and it's one difference that the team has now that they didn't have when they were playing like the de- best defense in the league or the second best behind Boston just put him on Rudy yeah just put him on Rudy
1: it'll be fine yeah, hide really him fun. on Rudy Nobody well, well how do you play good.
0: that then
3: because Rudy's gonna be setting screens so, so you, you play, wind up switching,
1: and then and yeah, then you yeah, get caught on an island. Yeah, yeah,
0: I also think like daring Rudy Gobert to beat you, daring Rudy Gobert to go for thirty five every game is, I think, is a really good, <laughs> amazing, is a good <laughs> playoff, I, <laughs> playoff
1: listen, strategy. <laughs> every, I, I actually, I mean, I, I almost root for that outcome. Yeah. I, I, like a 4-0 sweep by the Utah Jazz where Rudy goes thirty five and twenty every game. Rudy would right. be so
2: full of himself and yeah. so special. It'd be great. I mean, I I love man.
1: It. Y'all watch. I I, I watched him go. 2020 against Memphis the other night in a, in a statement game where they still blew a lead I in mean, the fourth quarter. I mean, like you said, Dave, like Austin, it's a great idea, but yeah. they still won't pass to him.
3: <laughs> no, it matters. Matters. And, and that will cause even more <laughs> conflict in their team. It's, it's
0: yeah. more like
1: psychological warfare than they are try to yeah. 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 give the ball to Rudy. But, yeah, I, but he shot 18 free throws in that game, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's the difference, right? And I think that they, he touched the ball a lot and, it, and he only scored like 21 points, right? They put him on the free throw line and he hit his free throws. I think for Dallas, you almost want... If, if he's going to get the ball inside, might as well put him on the line. Don't give up the dunk. They've got to be physical as hell. Like They would be super physical with him. Utah, in general, is bad at getting punched in the mouth, man. They do not have a backup plan. If you can be physical with him, get him uncomfortable, which I think Dallas can do. Although, to be fair, they're missing their prime guy who's a real like motherfucker. Yeah. You know, I, I do think, though, that they can be... In their face in a way that Utah
0: gets uncomfortable with. And I think the blueprint that you really look at is that Bucks game where they really locked in. And they defended they Giannis. Giannis is way better than Rudy Gobert and way more physical and downhill. And they really kept him from the rim. But the thing about missing Luca, I mean, obviously all the things Luca does on the offensive end. But he's their best rebounder. Yeah, they rebounded the ball. They gang rebounded that entire Milwaukee game. I was it was really impressive, and Luca really rebounded well in that game. And they're going to miss his rebounding because they really, really need to hit the boards against the Jazz. And I that's the one thing that I think is going to really stick out is that if
3: if they lose, they're going to give up a lot of offensive rebounds. And not to dwell on this, but that's why I brought up Spencer because they have the luxury in the second half to mostly just play. Bretter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they don't have that. They don't have that luxury now. You have. You need. You need a thirty-five point night from Spencer, like like win everything. You you get you get five of the top six guys all having good nights. That's the formula to win, plus some defense, and that requires Spencer being out there and and because he's he's more of the you know he has he has a higher ceiling. He has he has more uh, explosive scoring in him than Brunson. Yeah. Whereas Brunson will kind of fill this Luka role. Um, you know he'll be the metronomic guy and uh, and. and you know, it's going to be Denwitty who, who does. I'm, I'm fading here. You know, like, like he's, he's, he's obviously like that's where they need punch from. That's where they need isolation, late clock scoring. That's where they need. You know, Spencer's going to get a, the green light to shoot a bunch of those step back threes, because yeah, like yeah, step back threes are it. part of their offense. Yeah, <laughs> it is. like, Getting <laughs> isolation switches and having somebody explore that. He's pretty good at them. He's been yeah. pretty, he's been pretty yeah. efficient on them in yeah. his time here at least. Yeah. So, do you guys have any? Broad Utah thoughts to close this out. Um, I, I, mean, I do Utah think it's interesting. Is good. Yeah, Utah, it's, if, how I, many 50-point playoff games does Donovan have? I have no idea. Uh, he has like three, I want to say. Maybe. How many non-bubble 50-point?
0: Uh, yeah,
1: that's a <laughs> question, right? Yeah. Not, look, Utah is really, really good in the regular but, season.
3: I was going to say that. I, I, feel like, I feel like we don't feel, from a Dallas perspective, that they should be scared of him. Really good player, to be clear. But not scared that he's going to go for 50 against how the Mavericks can defend him, right? They've been good at
0: defending primary scorers all season. Guys do not go for 45 against them. If they that get is,
3: burnt, it's going to be 20 made threes from Utah. Yep. Yeah. A bunch of quarter, open corner shooters. It's and not going to so It's going to be adults.
1: a Daniel House, uh, Royce O'Neill, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich series. Yeah. If, if yeah. Utah gets hot. And by the and way, they can do it, Boyan right? can put up 30. Yes. It ain't yeah. a thing for him. They, this is going to be a, like if they want to win game one, it's like six threes from Reggie Bullock. You've yeah. got you. That's what I, I think. You need five or six threes from that guy to counteract what I think Boyan is going to be able to do. Boyan, yeah, I mean Boyan, man, like he's fresh too. He missed yeah. some time and he's coming back. It be a game good. where Boyan takes over. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's what brilliant. he does. He, he yes. can really play. Yes. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any way if the Mavericks lose Game One that Luca isn't on the court by like by by himself forcing himself? It,
2: I mean, it's possible just because look, it's. I was having this conversation with, with Jake Kemper there today. We were talking about the, you know, does Mark Cuban pull an inverse of the famous Dirk, Don Nelson, Mark Cuban argument from 15 years ago of, you know, Don Nelson did not want Dirk to play on that bad ankle in the Western Conference Finals and Cuban wanted it. Well, this could be the reverse of calf injuries could be precursors for something else. Luka Doncic just turned 23 years old. This is a first-round playoff series. I know you want to win that playoff series, but if there's any chance it could get worse, could he not on the floor? Yeah, because he's Luka freaking Doncic. The whole yeah. team revolves around him. The end it's bigger than the series as much as it would suck to lose this series now that they finally got the right matchup after two years of bad playoff matchups against la you do not risk him if there's you know if, if it's a deal where hey you got to tolerate the pain then yeah, he'll be out there because he's a tough dude but if it's a you can tolerate the pain but this might make things worse you need to save it from himself and do not let him do it it's and just not worth it i think this the good thing about
3: that is the understanding is that the the injury is higher up the calf than lower the lower down the calf it is, the more it Chills. could potentially affect the Achilles, yep. and that's what we saw with Kevin Durant in the finals. Uh, it is 2019. His was severe. His he yeah. missed like oh, an entire month. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Lucas is different. Um, we don't know. Again, try not to play doctors. The other big question, and and just we 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 won't know. But when Luca returns, because he has this unique athleticism, because someone who stops and starts, he has the deceleration. I don't know whether this injury will affect that. I'll ask Jeff's thoughts, but you know, I don't think he'll know. It's just something that we're going to have to see. And so that's why this sucks. That's why it's unfortunate. I I don't think Luca will miss more than two or three games. I believe he will play in the series. I I'm certain without barring a setback, I'm pretty certain he's going to be on the floor of this series. But the question is, what does he look like? And when he comes back, what is the, what is the lead? What is the series? Where where is the standing? What what do the Mavericks do? If they're in a 2-0 hole? You know, actually, I'm not discounting them from I'm still not discounting them. I think them they can win. Look, yeah. man,
1: look, but, I think you've just got to again, physicality. Wait. Yeah. You need Maxi to hit shots, you need Spencer to have a great game. Not just a good game. He's going to have to have a great game. And I think if those three things happen, that's a win. How likely are all three to happen? Physicality, I think that's a given. I think they are going to be physical. The crowd is going to be great. I mean, I, I've been in the arena. I was here for a Utah game. The crowd was amazing for that yeah. game. Yeah. I think that's huge. That's a big advantage for Dallas. I went to game three last year against the Clippers, and that was
0: as loud as any game I've ever heard.
1: So, I mean, I think that's a big advantage for, for, for Dallas at home. Okay. The AC has a very you, respectable playoff and crowd. By the way, Utah Utah crowd's pretty good too. Utah crowd is really yeah? good. Playing so, on the road is no joke. Then. But but having a good home crowd is important. They're gonna be physical. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Can those two guys step up? Maxie and Spencer Didwee. Those are your question marks. If they step up, that's a win. And I, I just think it's gonna be a weird looking game one. I
3: I, I think yeah, I I'm think pumped about it. I I, I am too. <laughs> I'm like I'm hyped to see it look so different. Because I do think there's going to be some two-minute hooks. I do think there's going to be some lineups
1: they go to very quickly. And he spilled sodas. (laughs) Will anyone spill a soda on the court? (laughs) Play off Jason Kidd. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we're ready. Wild for card time, guys. That's what, you know, Jason Kidd has a lot of trick
2: plays up his sleeve. Let's see what he pulls out. So, Brian Namaris did something for us last week just about how Kidd has grown. And one of the things that he put in there, I didn't know this, but he got it confirmed from somebody. In the Knicks game, he had a challenge that did not work in the second quarter. And he knew it wasn't going to work. And somebody was yelling, like, Cuban essentially was like, What are you doing? He's like, Trust me, I know what I'm doing. The whole point was, I'm going to try anything to break some momentum, even if I burn a timeout, because we are about to get curb stopped. And if I don't do something right now, whatever the hell it is, we're, we're screwed. You know what? They still lost. He didn't get the challenge. But it's smart coaching. You try something sometimes. It's a long season. You got to do weird stuff. I like that he's willing to get outside the box. I'm
0: ready. I'm, I'm ready to see Jason Kate. I think he's going to be a real asset in the playoff series. I think he's... He's been a great coach. He's been honestly way better than anyone could have ever thought. He's they have a top ten defense. This team top ten defense, and they were whole, with essentially the same roster they've had for the last two or three years. And he is an outside of the box thinker, and I think that's really going to come in handy, especially if they have to play a game or two without Luca. Maybe maybe he'll play all fifteen players. Listen, the leadership committee is, is, is going to have to get it together. So the,
2: that,
0: Theo
3: Pinson's
2: there for the vibes.
3: Playoff yeah. vibes, baby. He's traveling with the team. He was like, nah, you can't, you can't, you can't keep me away. He can't play because he's on a two-way contract, not eligible for the playoffs. He's going to be there. He's already uh, working on his trash talk. We will be back. Uh, you know, I think we will record after game one. Uh, don't know with who or when or any of that, but uh, I'm going to do it. I would love to talk about this game, uh, that game, when it happens. We're gonna have coverage on the athletic all week. Uh, definitely read D Magazine. There's a really good piece that Mike was mentioning from Ms. Talk Franco on Maxi Kleba. We'll all play this week too, so check us both out. Absolutely, absolutely. All the coverage you can need, all the Luka injury updates, which we did not get an update on while recording, which means that five it's, minutes from now it's gonna be out and we won't be able to address it and you're <laughs> gonna you know, deal with us, stick with us, it's it's uh we're doing the best I doing the best we can. So, appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back soon.
0: He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34.
2: Don't fight the
3: future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luca, big dick donchich from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the It tears me apart Don't fight the future Please be nice to Luca Future four-time MVP Oh
1: my God! Oh! Oh! Shut it down! Let's
2: go home! It's a wrap,
0: Doug! That is a wrap! (laughs)